good afternoon, Tapestry. It's Friday, April 10th, and we are on episode three of Hawk Talk. So welcome back, everybody. With me, as always, is Miss Hilligus. Hi, everybody. So today, our topic, and we're going to get to this in a little bit, is Regents exams and the updates about the exemptions uh, with regards to Regents exams. So as we mentioned earlier, New York State came out with a Regents exam exemption, uh, some guidelines for this year, which, you know, in my principal opinion, it was a really good move for the state to do that. I think it takes a lot of pressure off of teachers and off of schools. It allows us to be equitable in the decisions we make. Um, It will allow us to teach in a way that's going to engage our students when they're home and they don't have access to their teachers on a daily basis in a face-to-face format. So essentially what these new Regents exam exemptions mean for kids is that if schools determine that a child has passed the course, so a passing grade of 65 or better um, throughout the course of the year, meeting all of their standards, um, the students will get what's called an exemption on their transcript saying that they were exempt from that Regents exam. So for example, if you are currently a junior and you are scheduled to take U.S. history this year, you will not sit for that exam, but instead your report card will read exemption if you have passed your class. Um, you know, we really do feel like this is the right move from the state and the right guidance. And we hope for our, our students that means they can really finish the year strong, be engaged in their online coursework, and it'll allow teachers to be a little bit more thoughtful and creative in the way that they're addressing their standards. And a lot of the things we alluded to earlier in this, talking about um, you know, what society can learn from this pandemic, I think our teachers can start to address that through their social study standards and ELA standards and science and math standards and really create some some strong critical thinking skills for our kids as they graduate high school. And I would just add to that, that as as a student, it's just critical um, that you're checking in with your teachers that you're doing that work. And we understand that technology has been a barrier um, for kids across New York State with regards to internet access and access to computers. Um, If you're struggling with any of that, please reach out to your crew leader because we may have some supports um, to overcome those barriers. Mm -hmm. We've got one quarter left and it's incredibly important, especially without a culminating exam at the end of the year that you are finishing strong and bringing that average to above a passing grade. So many of you might not know this, but Mr. Carstens in his former life was a global nine history teacher um, and he loves history. So we were hoping he could give us a little insight today into what history can teach us about COVID-19. Being said, there have been numerous pandemics throughout human history. Uh, The one that probably pretty much everybody knows is the bubonic plague of the 14th century. During the plague, uh, from around 1300 to 1400, one quarter of Europe, the European population was wiped out because of the plague. Um, so think about what that would mean for society. You, you have a house of four people and every morning you wake up and, and one, of those, one out of those four people are no longer with you. Um, there were points during the height of the plague, which was like 1347 to 1352, where there were some towns in France where that number was one half, so one out of every two people. The pandemic that did the most damage um, and the one that has been referred to by President Trump is the great flu of 1918, uh, sometimes referred to as the Spanish flu. 
this pandemic lasted two years and quoting John Barry, it killed more than more people in 24 weeks than the bubonic plague or black death killed in hundred years. It killed more people in 24 weeks than the AIDS pandemic did in 24 years. Um, to put that in perspective, over from 1918 to 1920 was estimated to kill 50 million people with a world population at that time of 1.8 billion. The coronavirus has, I just checked the stats today, um, 98,000 deaths worldwide with a wow. world population of 7.8 billion. And I don't want to take these numbers lightly. Like each number has a face, has a family, um, but they are the numbers. And the Spanish flu, um, again, the, the one that I just referenced, killing 50 million people, that was the first outbreak where modern science collided with the pandemic. Um, out of that pandemic uh, came a better understanding for vaccines. Um, there was also the founding of John Hopkins Medical School. That's really interesting. So it seems like, you know, the, the further we get in society and the more technological and medical advances we have, the better you would imagine outcomes would be for people. Um, so what else could we learn? Like, what else can society learn from pandemics of the past? Are there any other things that have come up that, you know, just from your own history lessons that you think we could take, even as just citizens today, that we could be doing? Well, you know, historically speaking, there is like cycles to these pandemics. There's usually an uncertainty around the cause. Um, you know, we know that the bubonic plague was spread with fleas on rats um, through the trade routes. Um, but back then, they didn't know what the cause was. And this leads to fear. Um, and groups of people are often blamed or marginalized because of that fear. And then science is always playing catch-up. Um, I would also say that pandemics spread in urban areas because of the high concentration of people and along mm -hmm. routes and, and travel routes. Um, mm -hmm. This is like reasons why the U.S. and other countries were trying to shut down travel at the start of the pandemic. You know, there, there are uh, debates on whether that was done soon enough or not. But, you know, I think that that's going to be all taken in consideration when this is all said and done. Um, it's also the reason for school closings and, and public gatherings. With all pandemics, there tends to be a dip in learning and economic activity stalls in places affected by the outbreak. Um, as of yesterday, there were 11 million people applying for unemployment in the United States. You know, currently we have some social safety nets. They're not catching everybody, but we do have safety nets in place. In the 1300s during the plague, you know, the, in the eight, you know, 1918 Spanish flu, those, there were no safety nets. Um, the BBC is stating that they have not seen unemployment numbers like this since the 1930s during the Great Depression. Um, Which would, I guess, lead us to wonder, you know, where society will be when we come out of this, right? Because everything that happens in history, like, we get through, and that's the whole point of human beings, they're resilient. Yeah. But where will it leave us, you know, when we kind of see this end? Well, I, I think uh, two, two things there. Um, when we look at, like, the Ebola outbreaks, SARS, MERS, the H1N1 of the past uh, two decades, the past 20 years, you see people wanting governments to plan for these pandemics. You know, a great example is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I mean, they're spending tons of money right now on, on Corona, um, on testing and, and uh, drugs um, to fight it. But they want countries to plan for pandemics like natural disasters and, and war scenarios. And I do believe governments finally have this wake-up call with the coronavirus, if you can see a silver lining. Um, and hopefully they learn this lesson. And, and I think the hope is that they'll be the world will be better prepared 
as um, as a society for the next outbreak. You know, I think, you know, when we think about like what lessons we can take away from what we're doing right now, uh, like you said, all pandemics come to an end. Humans are resilient. Life will return to somewhat normalcy. I mean, there may be changes in travel and there may be changes in social interactions, but like we will return to normal at, at, at some point. Um, the one thing that I've been really reflecting on is this idea of social distancing and that word social. Um, I think as a civilization, there's others thinking this way too. Like we should consider a new name for that. Uh, we may want physical separation mm. during events like this, like society needs to stick together. We're humans. We crave that human interaction. This is not a time to distance ourselves from our loved ones, uh, our neighbors and those we care about um, through social contact. And what I mean by that, like social media and making phone calls and, and checking in on, on those that we love. Like we need to come together more socially than, than I think we ever have before to help all of us get through this. Um, you know, physical distancing or physical separation, I think is, is the distinction I'd, I'd like to see change there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And I think what this has also allowed us to do is just take a pause and think about what really matters. Um, and I think that kind of brings us to our topic for today, too. You know, New York State is a, a heavily tested state and Regents exams, especially for our high school students, are um, really important. You know, and they drive a lot of the teaching we do and they put a lot of stress on our students as they try to prepare to, to finish high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because the state just put out some new regulations exempting students from Regents exams for the year. And I think a lot of us were surprised that they were willing to go that length. But I think it's a good reminder that you know, when we're going through something like this, like it changes the world. And it's important to just take a minute and say, you know what, like tests don't matter this year, safety and health and, you know, caring for one another and and being kind to one another and looking out for each other is what's really going to matter at the end of the day. 100% agree. And I I would just like to end with this little history piece here um, that, you know, social media, the world that we live in today is different than any other pandemic in history. And I think humans have more options than ever before to get their news and their information. And it's important that when we consume information that we're using skills that we teach our students in our humanities classes and ELA and social studies to help us determine fact and opinion, uh, bias, et cetera, in order to properly be informed as as, an individual. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think now more than ever, our teacher's job is to be teaching us to be critical thinkers. You know, if we can leave all this with a stronger sense of what our students need and we're able to deliver that to them, then I think we're in a great place. And, you know, not having to teach to a test this year is really going to allow us to do that because I think, um, you know, even in my own family, I've, I've been given information that I'm like, wait, I need to check on that. I don't think that's correct. You have to be able to think critically and say, let me actually look that up and see if that's fact or fiction and make some good choices based on that information. Exactly. All right. So that's all I have with the history. Uh, Okay. I, I think we can move on to our first guest speaker today, who is uh, Lacey. Um, so Lacey, we'll, we'll get right into it. How do you feel about uh, this year, uh, the change for this year with regards to... Um, I'm actually really excited about it. Um, I feel like throughout the whole year, it's a lot of like, we're going to learn this because it's on the exam and we're going to do this because I know it's going to be on the exam. So I'm really excited to learn without the worry of a test date looming in the future. You know, I don't have to stress about um, having to come in for the exam and if I'm going to pass or not, I think 
it's going to be really exciting to see how the teachers change up the lessons now that they don't have to worry about teaching for the exam. Yeah, I think Ms. Hilgis and I are also excited mm -hmm. to see um, this is an opportunity for, for teachers to really think outside the box and engage students in learning. And there is a place for exams, but like you said, it's it's one less stressor that people need at this, mm -hmm. at right. this point. And we, you know, our goal as a school, and you know this having been there, is that we're not teaching to the test, and that's not what's happening on a day-to-day -day basis in our classrooms. But we also know both as former classroom teachers that you know, you hit April and it's like, okay, we got to finish up content. We got to get to review. We have to prepare for this Regents exam. And that is um, a lot. And that doesn't allow teachers to necessarily go as deep or be as creative with their, with their work. So we think this is a really nice move from the state. And we really are, um, we're happy for all of you to have a, you know, a chance to just focus on learning and less on a test right now. Right. Do you feel like it's going to change the way you approach your work? Um, I think I'm going to focus a lot more on like understanding the things that are given to me, especially in like classes like physics, where mm -hmm. it's a lot more work. I'm not going to um, spend time memorizing things that I know are going to be on the exam. I'm going to spend more time understanding the work so that I can enjoy it more instead of just focusing what's going to be on the test. Physics is a really great example because I think with physics, there are, there's so much to memorize, but when you get into like the conceptual understanding, it's like this really cool topic. So I, I agree with you, especially in that case, it can, it might actually increase your learning. Moving online has been great in terms of um, that type of work because I've, it's given me more time to focus on the classes that need it. So things like physics, um, so I can spend more time on the work and, um, focus on what's actually interesting uh, in the lessons. And I think that's going to be great going back to school because we don't have to worry about the exam so we can spend more time on what the class thinks is interesting. That's great. Lacey, I have a question I've been asking all the students that have been appearing on Hawk Talk. What time are you getting up? Um, yeah, I was hoping you would ask me that. <laughs> um, the latest I've gotten up in the last, like, amount of time has been about um 10 o'clock i for some reason mm -hmm. cannot wake up like really late i'll be i'm staying up until like midnight one o'clock and i can't you know i'll be up 8 a.m so <laughs> i've been pretty good about getting on work and getting it done um i'll take breaks throughout the time so the work usually gets done about four to six o'clock but um i'm usually right online about nine o'clock Well, that's that's good. That's uh, that's actually a lot earlier than some of the other numbers we're getting. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised to hear that. You're, you're <laughs> on top of things in your house. I mean, I like getting the work done. You know, I don't want to spend all day doing homework, so it's it's nice. Yes, absolutely. Is there anything that you're hoping you will learn um, now with the pressure of Regents exams off a little bit that you're hoping your teachers can give you access to, or things you've been wondering about with all of this happening and with this pandemic? Um, I'm hoping that we can spend more time. Hopefully we get back soon. You know, there's a lot of things that are happening at the end of the year that I don't want to miss out on. So hopefully we get back mm -hmm. in the classroom soon. And I hope that we can spend more time focusing on um, the work that's really interesting for the class. You know, there's a lot of lessons where it feels like we're just trying to push through just because we know it's going to be on the exam and we need to get it done. So hopefully mm -hmm. um, 
without having to worry about the exam, the teachers can go, okay, I know the class likes this. There's more information on it. Let's spend more time on it. Um, I'm also hoping in English class, the teacher decides we can stop doing essays. You know, we don't have to worry about the, <laughs> we don't have to worry about essays. We don't have to worry about the exams. So <laughs> fingers crossed. All right. Are you guys are reading a book in English right now, right? Yeah, we're reading um, Their Eyes Were Watching God. And we really have that gone. It's we're on chapter seven. Um, we really okay. haven't had any essays yet. We've had like short response type things. Um, but he keeps hinting towards essays. So I'm hoping this is like, hey, we don't have to do essays anymore. And he's going to go. Well, yeah. you know, I think you're still going to have to write Lacey. I hate to break it. <laughs> but maybe maybe writing in a different way. How about that? That would be exciting. Okay. <laughs> Good stuff. What do you miss about tapestry? Um, I think I miss seeing everybody. We had a Zoom call the other day for English class and everyone was jumping on and right away everyone was like, hey, how's it going? Like they were like, hi, Lacey. And I just feel like I really miss walking to the classroom and being able to see everybody. Um, I was talking with Miss Durkin and in Spanish class, we have kids like they just make the the lesson so much more exciting and it's just um not as fun to get on class and do all the work and not have all of the extra stuff like kids play fighting with each other in the classroom I think I miss that the most <laughs> that's not what I would miss the most but I <laughs> yeah those face-to-face social interactions I mean there's just if anything comes out of this, just the appreciation for humanity and like human contact, I think will be so important. Yeah. Lacey, before we let you go, do you have any questions for us? Um, you guys don't know when we're coming back, right? We are taking this, you know, two weeks at a time. We're planning right now, April 29th is the, the new date. So we did push it back a little bit from the 20th. Um, but, you know, that, that may change. It seems like in this uh, time of uncertainty, uh, things are changing. Right, by the of course. And we're taking all our guidance from the state and from other districts. You know, we won't make a tapestry decision on its own. You know, districts that surround us and, you know, what the governor says is really how we'll determine our path moving forward. Right. I know right. for, you know, juniors and seniors, like prom is a really big question. That's we're what I've been asking, off. yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to hold off as long as possible to make that decision just to keep the window open, but we will make a decision by May 1st um, at the latest, just so you guys have some clarity. Okay. Another question that I have um, is, you know, my grades were really good this quarter um, and I'm expecting Karsten's to be on my doorstep grilling me up some waffles. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yes, we'll all social distance. We'll all stand six feet apart from each other and enjoy a waffle. <laughs> any other questions for us Lacey? nope that's all it was great to talk to you we're, we're glad you're doing well you as well all right take yep, care Lacey. Bye. thank you all right tapestry before we say goodbye for today just a couple quick reminders for you um Remember that we are in the fourth quarter here, so really important that you are keeping up with your work. If you are struggling for whatever reason, your first point of contact is your crew leader, but you can also reach out to Mr. Carstens or myself or Dean Cathcart and we'll help you with whatever issues you're having. 
when it comes to those Regents exam exemptions, if you have any questions that we may not have covered or clarified in the email that I sent out last week, please email Ms. Hilligus and I, and we will address it on our next um, episode of Hawk Talk. And remember, if you have not completed your SLC with your parent or guardian and your crew leader, please make sure that you do that. Crew leaders will be reaching out to you to set up a time and review your third quarter report card and talk about um, you know, where you're headed and the rest of the year. Thunderhawks, stay safe, stay healthy. We hope we see you soon. Have a great day. And happy Easter. <laughs>